What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this. We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Okay. Yo, good evening, USA, Canada, worldwide. Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is G Money Stacks, aka the Greganator, misunderstood lonely nomad, YouTuber, creator, host with the most, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Queens, New York. And you're rocking with the 174th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, live and direct from StreamYard, alongside with um YouTube and myself is the Instagram live feed. Make sure you tap that noni noni bell so you so you don't miss any any updates of when each episode is going to be dropping and any upcoming um hiccups, whatever it may be. Um hope um you guys had a had a good weekend. I know I have. Um, you know what I mean. And um, listen, if you missed any previous episodes and you're new to the channel, don't worry. I got your back. All you got to do is go to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555, so you can see all the New York episodes that's already uploaded in, and posted to the YouTube channel page. Tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air via live stream. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and topics that's being discussed. And um, of course, more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Tell a friend to another friend. Word of mouth is important, and I'll handle the rest on on where you can listen to the episodes on every streaming platform. Make sure you follow. All that other good stuff, whatsoever. And by the way, if you like to make a charitable donation to support this show, you can. You're more than welcome to actually do that. Um, my cash app is dollar sign G Money Stacks five fifty five. Dollar sign capital G lowercase M O N E Y. Five fifty five. Once again, it's not about the bank. It's all about doing um the best you can. On whatever amount of money you decide to donate will be appreciated. Boom. There you go. Right there. And um all right, so um um let's go to a little thing that I like to call mental checking real quick, man. Now, as far as how I'm feeling mentally, physically, and spiritually, I know. Plenty of people out there probably, you know, probably having their days, whether it's like somebody's giving them a hard time or whatever. But you know what? As for me, um, mentally, it's mentally I'm I'm doing all right so far, even though work was a little slow. But at least I'm not working five days a week, because if I was to work five days a week, I wouldn't be here creating content. And episodes of of every New York podcast episode for you folks out there to actually get to know me as a person and as a Queens, New York native right here. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, and physically I'm doing okay. Spiritually, spiritually, I am I am hanging in there um day by day, man. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, and by the way, it's okay 
to not be okay, man. And you you are only human, so you don't need to really overthink yourself as far as like um, the things you can't really control. Because because once you overthink, you overstress yourself, and you are doing major damage to yourself putting a lot of blame on yourself and stuff but there's no need for you to do that you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day nobody was born perfect everybody including myself is born with imperfections okay i'm not really that fortunate to be perfect to, to be honest with you because i shit i made i made mistakes all my life but hey i try not to i try not to you know um let that let that um trigger me you know what i'm saying it, it may be hard sometimes though man but you know it it's a, it's a lot to process and a lot to actually you know you know have an epiphany on some things you know what i'm saying so yeah there you go right there man that was your mental health check-in and now i'm gonna cut to the chase with the new york mass transit files right here man let's go all right here's our first story and this is according to um the Port Authority. This is according to amnewyork.com. All right. So the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey has tapped two big time architectural and design companies for the $10 billion revamp. $10 billion, actually, to be exact, revamp of its aging 42nd Street bus terminal. The Bi-State Agency hired British firm Foster and Partners and Chicago-based construction engineering company A. Epstein and Sons to advise the overall of the decades-old transit hub. End quote. Both of these firms have a proven track record in delivering world-class design services, and they are both skilled, experienced, and knowledgeable with respect to large-scale urban projects. Port Authority Executive um, Director Rick Cotton said during the press conference Thursday, August 4th, which was last week, they are perfectly suited to this challenge, Cotton added. The proposal seeks to completely raise the current terminal on 8th Avenue built in 1950 and replace it with a larger structure with 40% more capacity along with a new storage and staging area for buses so they don't have to line up on the street and a ramp connecting directly to the Lincoln Tunnel deck over with 3.5 acres of green space. A per excuse me, a project of this scale doesn't quite exist, said Juan Vieira Pardo, an architect with Foster and Partners. This is more this is much more complex than most any project we've ever seen. The UK company designed a, a new cross rail station in London with a shopping center and rooftop garden 
along with Bloomberg's European headquarters in that city and a master plan for a metro system in the Saudi Arabian city of Jeddah. Epstein worked on the renovation and expansion of the Javis Center. Yes, Javis Center. Um, <clears throat> the Port Authority announced the massive scheme in early 2021 and expects to open a new facility at the end of 2031. That's a long ass time, man. <clears throat> the agency has allowed, excuse me, allocated $3 billion for the project and its current capital plan, but Cotton hopes to raise a portion of the funding by letting developers build four mixed-use towers at the terminal. It plans to collect payments from real estate companies in lieu of city property taxes, similar to the controversial scheme Kathy, Governor Kathy Hochul wants to use for her 20, excuse me, two, wait, 22, um, what is it, billion dollar um, Penn Station renovation and expansion. The new high rises would be on 8th Avenue between 41st and 42nd Streets, 9th Avenue between 40th and 41st streets 11th avenue between um 39th and 40th streets and on 10th avenue between 39th and 40th streets according to the agency some 260,000 passenger trips went through the terminal each weekday pre-slandemic or nearly a quarter of all commutes across the hudson river to and from manhattan's business district according to the port authority the station has reached figures of up to 60% of 2019 numbers since the COVID-19 outbreak. Ah! Um, in other trades and news, um, what we have here is, is pertaining to fostering an environment of action within the city's transit system. Um, one of the most rewarding aspects of my job as president of New York City Transit is that I get to hear from riders directly what you like about subway and bus system, especially and especially what you don't. Whether it's through online surveys, public public comments at MTA board meetings, or lately in-person transit talks, New Yorkers are never shy about what they are thinking and i appreciate their candor i'm making it my mission to foster an environment of action where our team at transit not only listen to these concerns but we also do something about it case in point we've been hearing a lot about um weekend late weekend service lately customers want to use mass transit to get around anytime but they are having a harder time on some weekends when service can be limited because of ongoing maintenance and construction my job is to find the middle ground where we can be responsive to riders needs today while still getting important track work done to ensure long-term service reliability that's why I'm appointing a weekend service um, CESAR to plan 
coordinate and implement a service plan that can thread that needle. With ridership patterns changing, we need to be nimble. Weekends are recovering much stronger than weekdays post-COVID. So the old game plan for minimizing um, disruptions isn't going to work. I know we can do better. We are applying the same focus to delivering accessibility upgrades across the subway system, which has been, which has long been another priority for riders. It was announced at the end of July that a new street elevator is on the way at Queensboro Plaza in Long Island City, Queens, New York. A private developer building nearby will pay to install and maintain it on the north side of the station. This the second transit improvement bonus to be approved by the City Planning Commission on the zoning for accessibility, and it marks the first use of ZFA outside Manhattan. Not sure what that stands for, but don't ask. Hold on. Yeah. Um, the new, the new privately um, funded elevator will implement ongoing MTA capital work at Queensboro Plaza. That includes the installation of two other elevators that make the station fully accessible. One that connects from the street to the station's me mezzanine and another that connects the mezzanine to platforms above. We're using every possible strategy to make the system more inclusive for New Yorkers with disabilities, parents with strollers, seniors with mobility issues, and more. Getting close to 100% accessibility won't happen overnight, but we're not losing sight of the small things in pursuit of our grand vision like making sure all subway cars have functioning air conditioners. Currently, just 0.1% of cars are found hot on a given day, even during recent heat waves. There were 45% fewer hot cars this June compared to June 2021, and we're continuing to identify the and expect cars for working AC before they enter service. We've identified the car types of AC systems fail most often, which are 35 to 40 years old, and have become better at identifying failures in the shop and repairing them before they get placed back in service. There's no issue too big or small to raise with us, so please keep the feedback coming. It helps our transit team to serve. Okay, um, let me see, let me see, let me see, um, let me see. All right, um, in the meantime, let me give a shout out to the people that just got in. Um, we got Whitney, um, underscore, um, large and uh, ESM for joining. Thank you for joining. Thank you for um, viewing this on the Instagram live feed. And by the way, if you have any comments or whatever on the topics that's being discussed or whatever, 
please feel free to go to the Instagram live feed comment section. And or you, you can go to the YouTube channel page um, to comment over there as well. So. Um, OK, without further ado, um, now, before I go to the BG story real quick, um, let me say something. I did pose a question for um, a recent episode that I just did, episode 172. And this was regarding about congestion pricing. So I want, here's what I want you to do for all you um, folks out there that's listening. I want you, especially especially those that's in the New York area, right? I want you to basically comment your thoughts and talks on how you feel about congestion pricing that's going to happen in the future. You know what I'm saying? Because one way or the other, it's probably going to happen. So it's not easy to just, you know what I'm saying? So, so let me know what your feedback is, and I'll try to... And I actually posted it in the um, the Spotify um, section um, from Anchor. You know what I mean. And when you see when you see that, I want you to answer it. I'll probably try to post it on the Instagram live, um, not the Instagram live feed, but but on the um, on the on the show podcast page on Instagram. Probably when I get off the air. So. There you go, right there. Now that I got that out the way, man, let's get into a little thing that I like to call chatting on the jazz. And I believe there's some bad luck for um, BG right here. And, yes, yeah, speaking, of, speaking of bad luck for BG, man, we need to talk about his situation in regards to him being denied bail. Now I know what you're thinking, man, but I'll I'll break down what this what this is all about, though, man. So let's see. And this is according to Hip Hop DX. Um, so New Orleans, um, Louisiana, of course. Hot boy rapper BG, whose real name is um Christopher Dorsey, was reportedly denied an early release from prison again. According to Vlad TV, U.S. District Judge Susie Morgan of New Orleans, Louisiana, denied BG's handwritten letter for a compassionate release on June 28th. Despite support from Birdman Slim, Wendy Day, and Gary Payton Sr., among others. Um, Dorsey complains of an outbreak of COVID-19 cases at his facility, Morgan wrote in her decision. But BOP's website currently lists lists zero positive cases among in, inmates out of a total inmate population of 960 and one positive case among staff. <laughs> BG has less than two years on his 14-year federal prison sentence for gun possession and witness tampering, but he's tried multiple times to get out early. Um, in February, he penned his first motion from prison from prison after the entire bur- bureau of prison system went into lockdown due to violence 
in USP um, Beaumont. He wrote under he wrote murder and mayhem was normal occurrence in federal prison, and the public had no idea what was really going on behind prison walls. He also claimed his health issues make him more susceptible to COVID-19, chitted his previous attorney for incompetence and refuted prosecutors' attempts to paint him as a violent individual due to his rap lyrics, adding that the only thing he's ever killed was his was a microphone. Morgan explained she, she did not find any gross neglect that affected the outcome of Dorsey's second motion for compassionate release, meaning he'll have to complete his sentence. Birdman described BG as being being like a son to him and applauded his change and grow in an unprecedented fashion, along with he's not the only generational artist but he's got a platform and the chance to share his experience to better today's young man who need to hear what he asked what he got to say when he is released i know he will get back and use what he's gone through to help as many people as possible bg was one of the original members of cash money's um hot boys group alongside little wayne juvenile and turk the group released three studio albums, including 1999's platinum-selling hit Guerrilla Warfare. BG is scheduled for release in 2024. Wow. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's got to be crazy. Um, What else can we talk about here? Oh, Styles P. Now, this story kind of got me when he was on TMZ Live, actually. And this is pertaining to a good deed that he did. So listen to this. Styles P of the Locks is a rapper who takes his health very seriously. And he's now giving fans an insight into his workout regimen. On Monday, August 1st, Holiday Styles took to, to Instagram to share a pair of clips of himself. Um, working out in the gym. In the first clip, the rapper perf- performs variations of a pull-up workout, and in the video, he captioned, "He let he lets it be known that being brolic doesn't necessarily mean a person is automatically strong." Um, hashtag Operation um, un- Unwashed. <laughs> they they ain't giving it out. You gotta go get it. Um, hashtag juices for life. Hashtag pharmacy for life. Um, Styles captioned the first post. Don't confuse being diesel for being strong and endured. Gotta work at it all. Mind, body, and soul. Just focus on being a better you, and you are on the right direction and the right track. I agree. In the second clip, Styles can be seen doing an abdominal abdominal workout, which includes lifting a medicine ball with his legs while hanging from a bar. Instead of speeding through the workout, the locks rapper expresses the importance of taking his time. 
Hashtag Operation Unwashed. <laughs> oh, man. Hold up. That's crazy, man. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Slow motion is better than no motion. What you what you waiting for? Go get it. Hashtag juices for life. Hashtag pharmacy for life. Plant-based, strong, he wrote. Um, Styles isn't the only one from the locks who has a penchant for working out. In January, Jadakiss shared a video of himself getting in, in an intense pull-up workout in while also issuing a challenge to Jim Jones, Mano, and Dave, and Dave East. It came after Kiss was asked by Jimmy and Mano if he would do a verse for a track on their Lobby Boys self-titled collaborative album. I'm looking for I'm looking for Capo. <laughs> he said in the video while hanging upside down from a pair of gymnastic rings. I'm looking for Dave East. I'm looking for Mano and the Lobby Boys. They said y'all want me on the album y'all gotta pull up on me first and come get your verse um meanwhile jim jones has admitted that he was fuming over mano's breakthrough single high hater when it first dropped in 2009 which in his eyes meant he was living living up to the song's title in an exclusive interview with hip-hop dx the lobby boys each recalled the first time they they heard their cohort's um, biggest tracks, leading Jones to explain why Mano's debut commercial single ran him hot. I was mad, Jones said. I don't think I ever t- even told you this. I was on fire when I heard that shit. This punk nigga got a, a record. I'm upset. He really got a record. Now he really in the game. You were on the outskirts to be me before High Hater. I heard High Hater. And I was like, fuck, man. Who the fuck? I kicked the posters over and everything. Fucking High Hater. I'll punch you right in your mouth. He added, I had every indication in my mind that was a hit record. There's no way around it, but I was really pissed off at the time. I was the hater. He was saying hi to <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy though, man. But you know, um another good deed that Styles P did. Um yes. Um Locks rapper Styles P thinks he should have handled things differently when cops took down a woman outside his Yonkers, New York business, but he adds some cops in the neighborhood are more about control and more about control than protection. Um, the artist um, and community leader joined us Thursday on the TMZ Live and said, the violent arrest this week makes it clear the vibe isn't great between citizens and officers. And he's especially upset uh, the two male cops got so rough with a woman. Styles offered up a self-reflective, a self-reflective question about the woman's race too, and how that might have played a factor in how she was arrested. 
as for his approach in, in intervening, getting right in one cop's face, he thinks there were better ways he could have handled himself and really wants young people to get that message. Still, he isn't discounting the impact PTSD from being a black man in America influenced his response. Um, as we reported, Styles jumped in the middle of the heated arrest Tuesday outside Juices for Life, the juice bar he owns with Jadakiss. His takeaway from the innocent, from excuse me, the incident, yes, police have to arrest people who break the law, but they should use the same force regardless of the suspect's race. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. He's right. That was a good deed. That that's another good deed that he that he did, though, man. I I have to really I have to really applaud him for this, though, man. For real, for real. All right. Now we are going to go to our next topic, which includes the weekend. All right, so The Weeknd has unleashed the first trailer for his upcoming HBO series, The, the Idol, on Sunday. Um, the Canadian crooner shared a 93-second teaser on social media on Sunday, July 17th, giving fans an explosive X-rated glimpse at what's described as the sleaziest love story in all of Hollywood. Do you trust me? From the sick and twisted minds of Sam Levison and, of course, The Weeknd starring, starring on Lily Rose Depp. Hashtag Diado is coming soon to HBO Max. The XO hitmaker tweeted while sharing the trailer. Created by The Weeknd and Sam Levison of Euphoria fame, Diado follows a Los Angeles club owner and cult leader, The Weeknd, um, who enters into a complicated relationship with a rising pop star, Lily Rose Depp. The cast also includes Troy Sivan, Debbie Ryan, and Rachel Sennett, with former Saved by the Bell star Elizabeth Berkley, Power Book 2 ghost actress Melanie Labard, and the multi-award winning, winning Anne Hayes having recurring roles. Um, produced by A24, Burn Creative, Little Lamb, and HBO Entertainment, Diado was first announced in June 2021 and began shooting in and around Los Angeles last November. In April, however, it was reported that the show was going in a new creative direction amid changes to its cast. Diado's creative team continues to build, refine, and evolved their vision for the show, and they have aligned on a new creative direction, HBO said in the statement. The production will be um, adjusting its cast and crew accordingly to best serve this new approach to the series. Uh, so the release date for the idol has yet to be announced, so it's to be determined. Meanwhile, the weekend has started his after hours after Till Dawn tour in Philadelphia last week, um, after a widespread 
um, Rogers network outage forced him to postpone his planned opening date in Toronto. With opening acts um, K. Tronada and Mike Dean in tow. You mean town. The Dawn FM singer brought the show to New Jersey's MetLife Stadium, which is in East Rutherford, on Saturday, July 16th, where he debuted the Idol trailer inside the 82,500,000 capacity ground. I'm showing something special for you tonight right before I go on. He tweeted ahead of the concert, MetLife, baby. Yep. All right. <laughs> Yeah, let's make some noise for um let's make some noise for the weekend and the TV show The Idol. All right, French Montana. All right. Um okay. French Montana and his brother um, AUB have linked up for a new Coke's Boy, Coke Boys record release slotted. In their statements um, sent to Complex, AUB said he he's always been curious about pursuing music, ultimately resulting him in him taking the plunge with him with self recording and producing. I figured out how to record myself and produce so that was the first step in my journey as an artist. Ayub said, Sliding was first created in my room, like a lot of song, a lot a lot of my songs. French heard the first draft of the song and loved it. For French, the collab ended up becoming his favorite song he's dropped in 2022. Working with my bro was something I've been looking forward to, to for some time. Excited for the world to hear it. He said, listen to sliding below via Spotify and see the video co-directed by Zay Jones and Ayub above. This week, French made headlines at the legend during an interview with academics for the Off the Record podcast that record labels are profiting from artists' death by way of life insurance. Wait. Wait, okay. In quote, you you praying on making millions on his death. They are being realistic and you know you are supposed to have life insurance anyway, but when the label does it does it if you don't have one, that's crazy, you know. He said when de- detailing his argument in June, French rolled out a new album with Harry Fraud <laughs> titled Montega. A video for the track Keep It Real featuring ESTG is slated to drop um, next week. Of course, stay tuned to be determined. Um, let me see about that, though. And, and yes. And I think this is crazy, man. Yeah. And he's accusing he's accusing record labels of embracing street violence related to to their artists 
and and actually capitalizing off of um rappers deaths that's what french is talking french montana is talking about comparing his entry point to today's star rappers french told academics regulators are now taking life insurance out on artists in anticipation of them being killed in action french says when he began buzzing in the late 2000s through nyc aficionados max b and dame grease <laughs> dame grease oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. labels and artists actually distance themselves from street drama but now they've learned how to monetize their the murders Over the past few years, rappers such as Pop Smoke, King Von, and Draco the Ruler were all killed and subsequently had albums released posthumously to the public. French also says today's rap game is more dangerous than in the past and blames and blames social media for escalating the beefs, saying one day a full war can go on. No, we don't want that, man. We don't really want that, man. That's not going to solve shit. That's not going to solve a fucking thing. Fellow NYC bread rap stars Nas and Jim Jones have both sided in the past with French and his notion that being a rapper is the most dangerous, most dangerous J-O-B. We caught, we recently caught him in NY or New York to be exact, as he broke down the complicated culture, reacting to his friend collaborator Lil TJ's shooting, his message urging all hip hop artists and entourages to stay safe. French actually has things to say inside the booth as well. He recently dropped off the deluxe edition of his Harry Fraud reunion project. Well, he's not wrong about this, though. He's not wrong about this, though. I, I, I'll, I'll say this, though. Um, yeah, I do agree with this, actually. So here it is. And um, okay. Um, all right. Up next. Um, we got Method Man. Okay, during a gem-filled barbershop sit-down with Math Math Hoffer, Method Man shares some more words of advice for artists who are considering signing their with their with their four artists. I always felt like you can't sign to somebody who's still trying to be an artist, Mesh said. It's hard. They can't give you the time or attention that you probably need and deserve unless you are um, your own machine. Hoffa um, and his fellow co-host then began to list off rappers who meet his, who meets this definition, including Drake, Lil Wayne, and Rick Ross. I mean, these people... These are people that I'm pretty sure have a staff meth interjected. 
Give me one second, folks. Okay, I always felt like you can't. Wait, hold on. I read that already. Um, let me see. All right. Elsewhere in the interview, the Wu Tang legend apologized to Destiny's Child, um, for an incident that took place at Jenna Jackson's um MTV Icon special in two thousand one. He also shared his thoughts on Ghost Riders. And rap and recalled the time he almost snuffed Joe Button. He also spoke about how he detested being a sex symbol during his solo kick in the night in the late 1990s. In quote, he stated, I fought that all I need shit. Method Man said of his 1995, I'll be there for you. You are all that I need to get by. Um collab with Mary J. Blige. I didn't want to put it out because it was at a point nowhere. When we were doing these shows with Wu-Tang, I would come out and it'd be like, it'd be girls screaming. Now for me, it's like I'm grimy, same clothes for three days in a row, nigga who wants to go the sex symbol route at this point. He continued um he continued, but at that point in time, this is how I viewed it. All the guys that did the sex symbol shit lost their audience, which was the dudes co-signing and shit like that, because dudes, you know, they playing the music. Chicks be like, I don't want to hear all that, but they get exposed to it through their guys. So for me, it's like, it was like, nigga, whatever. I'm going to drop this, bring the pain. All right. All right. Kick Cuddy. So, um, so recently in Miami, Florida, Rolling Loud Miami 2022 kicked off on Friday, July 22nd with Kick Cuddy in the headlining slot. But it looks like some fans were still seeping he replaced Kanye West, who was originally supposed to perform that evening. In a clip posted to the Shade the Shade Room's Instagram account, Kid Cudi um, screams at the crowd to stop throwing random items at him as he threatens to leave, which he eventually does. If I get hit with one more fucking thing, if I see one more fucking thing on this fucking stage, I'm leaving, he says. From there, a water bottle goes flying his way, which was evidently the last straw for Kanye's um, former kids see ghost collaborator. He then drops the mic and walks off the stage while the audience continues to boo. Damn, son. Damn. Another view, another view of the incident. Kid Cudi is mid-song when he gets 
hit right in the face with a water bottle. Unsurprisingly, that's when he snaps. Yo, I will walk off this stage if y'all throw one more fucking thing up here. He says in the second video, I will leave. I will I will leave right now. Rolling Loud Miami organizers have been promoting Kanye West's appearances um for months. On, July, on Monday, July 18th, they announced the abrupt cancellation, which arrived without explanation. We were looking forward to yay headline Rolling Live Miami 2022, they, they said in a statement. We spent months working with him and his team on the performance. Unfortunately, Ye has decided that he would no longer be performing. This is the first time a headliner has pulled off our show, and though we don't take it lightly, we wish him the best. We look forward to welcoming um, Kid Cudi as a headliner in Miami, and we can't wait to see what he has in store. Um, Rolling Loud 2022 continues on Saturday, July 23rd with performances from Future in the headlining um, slot, Lil Uzi Vert, Gucci Mane, The Baby, and dozens, dozens more. The annual um, festival concludes on Sunday, July 24th with Kendrick Lamar in the prime, the prime spot, Lil Baby, Kodak Black, Baby Keem, and Asa Ferg, among others. Okay, this is more, this is more of a recap of what went down last month, so um, no, I mean, so, all right. Um, another Kid Cudi news. Um, so Kid Cudi, according to TMZ, Kid Cudi and Kanye West's Cold War is creating all sorts of co- collateral damage. And longtime good music producer Mike Dean, Mike Dean appears to be the latest one feeling the burn. Dean launched into a Twitter rant after learning Wednesday night he'd been dropped from Cuddy's upcoming Moon Man's um, Landing Festival without warning. He clarified on Thursday that Cuddy was indeed the one who cut him, but still says he's definitely good on the live music circuit with or without Cuddy's help. Dean told Hip Hop DX, Kid Cuddy dropped me from the festival. I don't care. I'm doing stadiums this weekend. What's even more puzzling is Mike and Cuddy have their own long, long running relationship. He even produced on Cuddy's last solo, solo man on the moon album in 2020. Kanye and Cuddy's friendship came to an end er, earlier this year and the fallout continues. Pusha T was forced to choose sides when he released his last album, but things came to a head at Rolling Loud Miami last month when Cuddy was forced off stage by rogue Kanye Kanye fans who pelted him with objects. Kanye canceled Cuddy for being friends with Pete Davidson and now Cuddy clips Mike seemingly for his ties to Ye. Talk about a bad bromance. Two grown ass, two grown ass men make that you no know, three grown ass men who don't seem to fucking get along. They're too busy ground beefing with each other. This is so fucking ridiculous, folks. Like, I'm not really surprised by all this though, man. But 
you know, I ain't got nothing else to say on this shit right here, man. It's fucking bullshit right now, man. But anyway, man. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, there's this one topic I didn't get a chance to talk about, and this is in regards to Bronx Point. All right, so here's what we have here according to New York IMBY.com. And this is the Bronx Point Bronx Points um first phase tops out at 575 Exterior Street in the South Bronx. Okay, so construction has topped out on the first phase of Bronx Point. A 20 a 22-story mixed-use building at 575 Exterior Street in the South Bronx, designed by S9 Architecture um, and developed by L&M Development Partners. Type A Projects and Bronx Works. The structure will be yield 542 permanently affordable housing units and studio to three bedroom layouts all reserved for households and individuals earning between 30 to 120 percent of area median income as well as for the formerly homeless the edifice will also feature 56,000 square feet of, of community facility space 12,000 square feet of retail space and serve as the home of the Universal Hip Hop Museum. The building is the first to debut in in the $349 million, 530,000 square foot mixed use master plan, which will bring 1,045 apartments and a 2.8 acre public green space next to Mill Pond Park, designed by Marvel Architects and Abel Benson Butts. <laughs> Damn, three hundred forty-five. No, excuse me, three hundred forty-nine million dollars. <laughs> what kind of name is that, Butts? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh man! Oh, shit. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> the property is located on a on a plot bound by the 141st Street Bridge to the south exterior street and the elevated major Deegan Expressway to the east and the Harlem River to the west. Work has progressed steadily since breaking ground last May with the brick... Um, facade or facade now enclosing nearly half of the reinforced concrete superstructure um yeah you can look at these pictures on the website new york um yimby.com all right so just to let you know um photos from the from a distance show the scale of the massive superstructure and its upper step design and its level excuse me 
and its level of visibility over the relatively low rise district. Bronx Point joins a number of recent developments that are currently transforming the Bronx with a wave of a new housing and building lining the waterfront. Um, okay. All right, so there's more. 575 Exterior Streets Residential Program features 135 studio, 192 one-bedroom, 122 two-bedroom, and 93 three-bedroom apartments. Amenities include an outdoor terrace, on-site laundry facilities, a children's room, a community lounge, a bike storage room, a fitness center, and 24-7 front desk security, an early childhood learning center run by Bronx Works, and an outdoor science programming running by the Billion Oyster Project will occupy part of the community facility space. The Universal Hip Hop Museum is slated to feature hip hop artifacts, a DJ booth, a graffiti station, a recording studio experience, and a virtual reality theater developed in partnership with Microsoft. Opening is anticipated for 2024, which is two years from now. Um, the green space will be composed of a plot, excuse me, public plaza, a fitness area, expansive lawns, a playground, waterfront lookouts, a BBQ area, multiple paths, and public bathrooms. Now there is no um, particular um, particular date in 2024. Uh, in terms of which month is going to be um, opening. So um, remains to be seen. If I hear anything, I'll bring it to you on the New York podcast, folks. So I got y'all. Bronx Point is being built as a public-private partnership with financing from City's Department of Housing Preservation and Development. The New York Housing Development Development Corporation, Empire State Development, and Wells Fargo totaling $323.5 million for the Bronx Project, along with $27 million for the NYC Economic Development Corporation's Waterfront Esplanade. The Prusik Group, L&M's partner on Essex Crossing on the Lower East Side, and the new National Urban League headquarters in Harlem will serve as Bronx, Bronx Point's retail development advisor. It's reported that Bronx Point as a whole is expected to be fully finished by 20, by the end of 2023. And of course, um, of course, you could, um, they have a, wait, hold on a minute here. Yeah, I don't know about all that though. They, yeah, you can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, of course, Yimby, which is the name of it. So, there you go, right there. Um, okay, what else can we talk about in this episode before I forget? <gasps> right. Right. So, 
Um, we have a documentary um, or docu-series, if you will. First, let's talk about this. Um, okay. So this is according to High on Films website. And all right, here we go. Trainwreck Woodstock 99 documentary explained. It is important to begin by saying that growing up when I did the in the 2000s and learning about pop culture and music in a country belonging to the global south, I had never heard of the Woodstock concerts and the incidents that took place in their aftermath. I was also not aware of the popular bands from the 90s and have never indulged in them since I started listening to music. Later, when I have come to hear, read, and understand more about the incidents that took place around Woodstock 99, um, a music festival that was heralded with a noble intention but soon became a mortuary of chaos. I have, I have been horrified and and equally fascinated to tell the least. Hang on a minute here. Um, let me see who just came in. Um, blank in. Thank you for um, viewing this. Um, all right, so. Um, where was that? The Netflix 2022 documentary series Trainwreck Woodstock 99 helps piece the puzzle together and answers the question that plagues the web. What exactly happened at the Woodstock 99 Music Festival? It lays out a clear-cut structure of storytelling as most Netflix documentary series are prone to doing and goes about it by embroiling embroidering personal accounts with real-time footage available from the scene of action. It also brings into question the ugly truths behind the glitzy glamour of a music festival, which is thronged by young people and old, primarily music lovers, in search of a good time. <sighs> All right. All right. Um, the first Woodstock Music Festival, originally known as the Woodstock Music and Art Fair, took place between August 15th and August 17th, 1969, at Bethel, New York. It was a diary from a diary farm of Max Yasgar that hosted this festival, and amidst protest against it. Almost half a million people had turned up here. The festival is said to have brought together a sea of music lovers who further bonded on psychedelics and copious amounts of marijuana and features some of the most memorable performances by Stills and Nash, Cosby, Hendrix, and Santana. It has become um, enshrined as a defining moment in American pop culture and music history and an event to highlight the counterculture generation of the 1960s. Its importance was furthered by the award-winning documentary film Woodstock 1970, 
directed by Michael uh, Wadley. It was popular. It was popularly recognized as three days of peace and music, and several attempts have been made to revive the festival in all its glory and spirit. The Woodstock Music Festival 1999 was a similar effort that quickly disintegrated under the weight of capitalistic malpractices, ignorance on behalf of the organizers and the spirit of the age. Um, why was Woodstock 99 a failure, you ask? Well, in the first episode of the three-part documentary, we are introduced to the foundational reason behind Woodstock's failure. It took place in a deserted, non-functional airbase um, the the Griffiths Air Force Base, instead of its precursor, which took place in a dairy farm surrounded by greenery. The organizers had decided to build a barricade around the base to keep away the freeloaders. It was late July 22nd to the 25th to be precise, and the scorching sun, flaring temperatures, and lack of shade to keep the attendees cool were a cause of distress among the majority of the people. Everyone who entered the venue had their food and water bottles were taken away. There were sponsors at the venue who sold a bottle of water for a for as high as four dollars. Climbing up to $12 by the end of the third day, leaving most attendees grumbling. There was an unthoughtfully inadequate number of waste bins to accommodate the plastic waste generated by around half a million attendees. The stalls erected for cleaning and washing themselves also fell short. The quality of hygiene at the festival started to dip lower every hour of every day, leading to discovery of widespread contamination of the water by germs and impurities from feces, according to samples collected from the site. Most of the attendees started to fall sick. No matter, no matter this, we continue to hear the ignorance of what trespassed in the voices of the organizer and the promoter, Michael Lang and John Shear. They lie shamelessly in front of the press about the successful ongoing of the, fest the festival and tell everyone that things were under control when they clearly were slush, even though they knew that the crowd was agitated and exhausted on the third day to drive home the idea that woodstock 99 was a revival of the woodstock 69 in spirit they handed them candles the reason for the fires that started at the venue of course woodstock 99 performances of course limb biscuit fat boy slim and others the crowd wanted to bask in the musical performances of the pop culture favorites from the 90s and Woodstock 99 made sure that they get enough of these legendary performances 
on stage, the audience, the audience, audience, um, witnessed the many real-time clips from these performances at the festival. Enough to tell us that not all things went down well with them. Yeah. One of the first instances is when Cheryl Crow is asked to bare her breast during her performance. Since there were there already were too many nudists and flashers in the crowd, the audience perhaps thought heckling an artist would do them good. Crow shows her patience with the crowd, but they don't really deserve it. More of these shocking insights about the star performances follow. Some of them took to their heels to flee from the venue as fast as they could. And Fatboy Slim's performance was called off in a moment of panic by the organizers. The documentary series can start to appear a little superficial at this point since it focuses so much on the situations leading up to the discomfort of the music festival attendees that if it gets to dive into the behind the stage realities of artists their management at the, such festivals and the treatment meted out to them despite the flaw we can faithfully assume that some of these artists con contributed to the adrenaline rush of the crowd even tempting them into violence and vandalism of course concluding woodstock 99 in the aftermath of the Woodstock 99 Music Festival, several people were left diseased. The site had been ravaged by the crowd and the fire, and multiple um, complaints of sexual abuse and harassment were lodged with the police. By the time you reach the end of the documentary series, you are almost gasping for breath. It is no less than a disaster movie on on the screen, only bringing into question what the reality of it must look, have looked like on the premises. Besides, how could a, uh, how could a festival that attempts to unite the crowd in love, light, and peace of music start to appear like a rave party for the youth? It is not the organizers alone who were responsible for the rampage. The the crowd was too was. The crowd too was unruly, intoxicated, and misogynistic. It brings into question how music and listeners perching for it had undergone a change in the three decades between the, the, orig the original festival and one of its many renditions. Whew. Yeah, I bet you everybody, I bet you everybody was hurt that day. <laughs> okay oh man all right so both but most importantly it made me wonder about the grand realities of performers and their management at musical festivals since these festivals continue 
being con conducted, attended, and loved by people all around the planet. Yeah. And I think there's more to this, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think there's more to it. I know there's revelations to this shit, too, so let's get into it right there. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is a three-part Okay, so Woodstock, the three-day music and art extravaganza first held in August 1969, wholeheartedly embraced love, unity, and harmony within its festivities. The outdoor jamboree, which was attended by at least 400,000 people, people, showcased how music can be a form of peaceful protest and later became a defining symbol of the counterculture generation. 30, 30 years later, Woodstock was revived by its original founders, Michael Lang, Artie Kornfeld, Joel Rosamann, and John P. Roberts, who attempted to bring a similar experience to a new group of youth. But despite the high hopes, Woodstock 99 was tarnished by poor venue facilities, riots, vandalism, assault, destruction, and corporate greed, making it one of the infamous festivals in music history. Damn. Netflix's latest documentary train wreck on Woodstock 99 explores what went wrong in the making and execution of the 1999 shindig. <laughs> you mean shit dig. <laughs> Over the course of the three episodes, the series highlights everyone from the festival's attendees and performers to its organizers, producers, and um, business partners. Of course, here are seven revelations from the series. Of course, number one, profits over health and safety. Yeah, that's what that's what money can do to people, man. It could it could actually change a person's personality because of fucking greed. What stock security um protocol is prohibited? Festival goers from bringing their own food and water bottles into the venue. Instead, they had to purchase food from on-site vendors, even though most of the most of the uh, available snacks, meals, and refreshments were incredibly expensive. Um, it was so hot that you literally needed to drink a gallon of water an hour yourself to stay hydrated. Says Sarah, who attended Woodstock '99 as a teenager. There were definitely fountains there, but there were there was at least a 25 minute wait. So we went to get just a simple bottle of water. Nobody could afford that water. The average price for a bottle of water in the 90s was around 65 cents. At Woodstock 99, however, a single bottle cost an astonishing $4. Um, which then went up to $12 when vendors ran low on stock. Per old footage featured in the documentary, one concert goer complained that a small drink and a measly side salad cost $9 in total. 
<laughs> oh shit. Several members of the festival's production team, including Colin Spear, Lee Rosenba Rosenblatt, and Pilar Law, noted that the price hikes were prompted by the Woodstock founders and organizers. The high-ups were hell-bent on making a considerable profit, especially after the previous revival, Woodstock 94, tanked financially due to overcrowding and security issues. It became clear that Woodstock 99 was no longer emulating the peace, love, and flower power provided established by the original Woodstock. It was purely a money-making venture. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, That was the moment for me where it stopped becoming about the concert goer or the festival goer experience, Rosenblatt said. It was just cutting budgets, cutting budgets. We need to make changes. We're not making profits. Their goal was to make money. Rosenblatt continued saying those in charge of organizing Woodstock 99 decided to sell all the food rights and an affiliate corporate groups who had complete control over vendor pricing. Once the deal was sealed, the prices were set and none of the staffers could do anything to challenge them. All hopes and dreams of peace, love, and understanding 1969 went out the window. Um, Number two, the endless piles of garbage. Oh, shit. After the chaos of day one, the entire Woodstock venue was covered in a layer of trash from empty food packages to liquor bottles and beer cans. The place was so unkept that festival goers had to shuffle through piles of trash just to get to the main stage. The outhouse facilities were also a mess with human waste pulling over the toilet seats and covering the surrounding floors. Many attendees recalled the horrid, overbearing smell and said they had to step in urine and feces while using the bathrooms. Like all departments, the sanitation department had budget cuts, Rosenblatt explained. Trash services and the sewage service services were all framed out. Excuse me, farmed out. Um... Trash services and the sewage services were all farmed out. Yeah, I read that. So we're relying on all these subcontractors, and unfortunately, they did not do their jobs. Lisa Law, a photographer, filmmaker, and Woodstock 69 attendee, believed the widespread grime was going to cause the downfall of Woodstock 99. Law, who was determined to clean the clean up the space, took it upon herself to dis distribute trash bags to festi festival goers, urging them to pick up their own filth. One person said to me, I paid $150 to be here. You should, you should clean it up, she recounted. And I said, well, this is a different kind of Woodstock. Number three, security was a complete joke. Crowds of men groping and sexually harassing young women took place without repercussions, mainly because the security at Woodstock 99 was both insufficient and inexperienced. There was not enough security available to close, closely monitor a crowd of 250,000 people. 
which encouraged mass crime to occur uncontrolled. Security at Woodstock 99 was kind of a joke, said Tim Healy, a former presenter at MTV. It was like, you know, kids with yellow T-shirts. In the documentary, Lang explains his reason for not hiring law enforcement, stating, we didn't want anybody uniformed or anybody carrying a gun. We didn't want the influences of the government or of the police state or whatever. So the security that we hired, they were not armed. They were peace patrol. One of the of those peace patrols was Cody, who was 18 years of age at the time. He signed up to work at Woodstock 99 because the hiring process was quick and simple. All he had to do was sign a form, and the $500 um, pay was quite generous too. Despite the official title, there was nothing peaceful about the Peace Patrol. Many of the patrols engaged in reckless behaviors themselves, whether it was doing drugs while on the clock or selling yellow security shirts to random festival goers for some extra cash. For one unarmed, no, excuse me, one unnamed patroller, um, Wistot 99 was simply a place for money and sex and bitches. Oh, wow. It was laughable, you know? Um, like, like, look at this. What a joke this is, Cody continued. We could see how this is going to go. Number four, Limp Bizkit's, um rambunctious crowd. The energy at Woodstock 99 um, was pandemonic from the get-go. Young festival goers were riled up by the loud music and the capricious um, amounts of drugs and alcohol they were consuming. But once Limp Bizkit took center stage, um, the crowd finally reached its tipping point. The crowd was undiluting. No, excuse me, delating, excuse me. They were almost one organism, said David um, Blaustein, a former news correspondent for ABC News, on a similar note, Kyle, who worked stage security at the festival, likened the effect Limbiscuit had on the crowd to a hand grenade. That metaphorical grenade finally exploded when the band performed their 1999 hit single, Break Stuff. Who is to, who is to blame for what happened afterwards is still up for debate. But many Woodstock organizers, including John Schur, pointed fingers at the band's lead vocalist, Fred Durst, for encouraging his crowd to go out of control. Um, during the opening of his performance, Durst asked his fans, how many of you here ever woke up one morning and just decided it wasn't one of those days and you're going to you are going to break some shit. Well, this is one of those days, y'all. Everything, where everything is fucked up, he continued. Um, particularly, excuse me, partially quoting the song's lyrics. And you just want to break some shit. It's just one of those days w when you don't want to wake up. Durst didn't stop there. 
he addressed his crowd again this time urging them to reach deep down inside and take all that negative energy and let that shit out of your fucking system now when this song kicks in i want you to fucking kick in at that point the crowd went completely berserk people in the mosh pit were diving into each other getting trampled and coming out with bloody heads and broken legs a mob surrounding the stages on sound towers began ripping apart the plywood planks and climbing up the, the poles those broken pieces of plank were also used to crowd surf it's like a scene where zombies are coming over the castle walls described kyle number five the feces tainted water By day three, festival goers were exhausted, frustrated, and agitated. To make matters worse, the festival's showering situ—excuse me, showering stations were sparse, thus prompting a few individuals to recklessly smash the water pipes. Because the, sh- the shower facilities were also near the bathrooms, the clean supply of water mixed with runoff from the nearby porta potties to create a nasty slush that looked like a mudslide so be to few bolsterous festival goers the mud they were fooling around in was actually feces damn <laughs> the thought that people were out, are out there drinking this exposing themselves baiting in this stuff it was like the worst nightmare patterson said number six the shameless downplaying of mayhem. Despite the inhumane conditions and complaints from festival goers, Wistar 99 organizers um, continued to lie to members of the press confidently, telling them that everything was, was fine. We're happy, all is well, says sure in, in a press conference that took place after, after festival goers violently tore down an elaborate wall of artwork displayed at the venue. We haven't had any tough incidents. Um, when asked about the art wall, Lang told reporters, I think the exterior wall just makes an amazing souvenir. The people just couldn't resist it. They were breaking it up into small pieces, I guess just to have a piece of of a piece of um Woodstock. Even the former mayor of Rome, New York, um Joe Griffo praised the event saying i think it's been a memorable exciting concert for those for all those involved and all those who covered it and the community as a whole i saw what was going on i had spoken to enough people i knew um that they were full shit blustine said of the woodstock organizers number seven all all hell breaks loose The final act at Woodstock 99 was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. During the band's closing set, the festival goat organizers handed out 100,000 candles to the crowd for a stage vigil mourning the victims of the Columbine school shooting, which took place a few months prior. The demonstration was meant to spotlight a new generation of, of youth taking a stance against gun violence. As expected, the showcase 
backfired and instead fueled festival goers who were now fed up with their mistreatment to start a riot. The candles were used to set a few fires in the crowd. Scraps of trash, stray pieces of wood, and broken artwork were then thrown in, causing the fires to grow in intensity. The crazed festival goers also targeted the venue's speaker tower, shaking it violently until it fell to the ground. They lit nearby trailers um, and trucks on fire. And afterwards, they attacked the cluster of food vendors by knocking down their tents and smashing their ATM machines, which um, contained around $60,000 to $70,000 in cash. To give flames to an audience that is three days into being treated like animals, it was not a very smart decision, said Rosa Black, who warned Sir and Lang to not give out that not give out the candles, but was ultimately told to shut up. Years after the havoc, Sir and Lang were are still standing by their actions. The organizers refused to acknowledge any of their own wrongdoings, including the inadequate planning and preparation for Woodstock '99 and serve and serve budget cuts and blame the festival goers for what went down. They are the lunatic fringe. That that segment of the population was um, both entitled and fearful of growing up, of having a real job and, you know, have a family and stuff like that, sure said. And they had lots of angst, lots and lots of angst. When asked, um what he thought went wrong with Woodstock 99. Rosenblatt shared a different um, and more apt reason. I can say it in one word, greed. Yeah, greed. I have to agree with this, man. So yeah, um, let's see how much time we got here. Um, okay. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. What else can we talk about here? I hope I ain't missing anything. Wait. I hope I ain't missing anything. Oh, Steve Harvey. Here we go. Okay. Obviously, um, Steve Harvey had has added another venture to his list of business projects as the comedian and TV icon is set to create a festival for 2022. Of course, partnering, partnering with Earn Your Leisure podcast co-hosts Rashad Bilal and Troy Millings, Matthew Garland and Michael McDonald to bring forth a financial event called Invest Fest 2022, taking place at Georgia World um, Congress Center in in Atlanta, which which was from August fifth to the seventh, Invest Fest twenty two will offer attendees. Hang on a minute here. What the hell happened here? Yeah, attendees. Um, activities focused on building wealth, entrepreneurship, and business adequate. The festival is based on Bilal and Milling's hip 
podcast, Earn Your Leisure, with the purpose of the fest built on teaching and educating attendees through panel discussions, access to the vendor marketplace, and other engaging activities. The festival will also boost special appearances from celebrity figures speaking about the importance of generational wealth and financial literacy. Attendees will receive financial insight from Steve Harvey, Ernie Alicia host Rashad Bilal and Troy Millens, rapper Rick Ross, T.I., Charlemagne the God um, from Black Effect, and I will discuss the the podcast fest in Brooklyn in a second, Um, Terrence J., and many more. Speakers will discuss topics ranging from crypto, estate planning, insurance, marketing, real estate, stocks, and taxes. In addition, Harvey spoke about the importance of people learning to invest in themselves and how people can use the InvestFest to begin that process. Um, People have got to start investing in themselves, Harvey expressed in a press release. When you go to InvestFest, you invest in yourself. Why would you not do that? Be open to learn everything that will be poured into you. Stay open-minded. The majority of things that have happened to me have happened in ways I didn't see coming, but I was open to it. Furthermore, Troy Milling spoke about Steve Harvey's presence and how partnering with the businessman would bolster their podcast and festival's mission statement. Steve's um, illustrious career gives him an incredible reach around the world millions continued which makes him a perfect partner as we're on a mission to spread our message globally general mission tickets for invest fest already started well already actually well it costs 249 wow silver gold and lifetime vip packages include backstage access and exclusive vip network networking event musical performances and even a private dinner with earn your leisure podcast and friends of course um it already happened already so um so let's get into this man um all right so up next um as you can hear there's a thunderstorm going on where i'm at right now so don't worry about that um let's get into um, a topic that I didn't get a chance to get into, which is Amazon Day. Amazon Prime Day, to be exact. Um, okay, Amazon Prime Day, eh? Yeah. I did not get, to, I didn't get to that, actually. Um, let's see. Okay. What is Amazon Prime Day. Okay. Um, okay. Let me see. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Um. Wait a minute here. Wait, wait, wait. There's got to be some 
got me more to the story than this, man. Um, okay. Um, all right. Um, yes. So it's a, um, Okay, okay, okay. All right. Maybe if I could get the definition of that shit too, man. Hold on a minute here. Amazon Prime Day Meaning. Okay. Um... Okay, let's take a look at this. Okay, so Amazon Prime Day is Amazon's annual deal event exclusively for Prime members featuring deals on top brands and small businesses. Of course, you can learn more about its history. Prime Day came to life for customers on July 15, 2015 as a way to celebrate Prime members on Amazon's 20th birthday. Um, we continue to innovate on behalf of the customer with Prime Day growing each year. Prime Day took place um, July 12th to the 13th in more than 20 countries. Prime Day members purchased more than 300 million items worldwide during Prime Day 2022, making this year's event the biggest Prime Day event in Amazon's history. And... More shopping means more savings. Prime members saved over $1.7 billion more than any previous Prime Day event. Um, this year was the biggest Prime Day event for Amazon's selling partners, most of whom are small and medium-sized business, businesses whose sales growth in Amazon store outpaced Amazon's retail business. Um, Prime Day 2022 highlights, of course, obviously, um, world, worldwide um, Prime Day trends include shopping. Of course, it includes Prime members worldwide purchase more than 100,000 items per minute during this year's Prime Day event. Some of the best-selling categories worldwide this Prime Day were Amazon devices, consumer consumer electronics, and home. Prime members worldwide did the most shopping from 9 a.m. Um, Pacific time on Tuesday, July 12th, during the entire Prime Day event. Some of the best-selling items worldwide that this Prime Day were from premium beauty brands including um lineage and new face apple watch series 7 diapers and wipes from pampers and the honest company um created by actress jessica alba kitchen essentials from rachel ray um leg and hamilton beach v tech 
and leapfrog toys, vital protein, collagen, whey, Levi's apparel and accessories, chemical guys, car wash products, and pet products from neutral temptations and greenies. <laughs> um, no relation to the temptation group, folks. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, man. Um, since Prime Day shopping began on July 12th, Select Fire TV, Echo, and Blink devices were some of the best-selling items on Amazon worldwide. Um, small businesses. Customers supported small businesses in the three-week lead-up to Prime Day, generating more than $3 billion in sales for small businesses included in the support small businesses to win big sweepstakes. Customers purchased more than 100 million small business items in the three weeks leading up to Prime Day. And U.S. Prime Day trends um, shopping included for your shopaholics out there. Prime members in the U.S. purchased more than 60,000 items per minute during this year's Prime Day event. Prime members in the U.S. did most of the shopping from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, July 13th during the U.S. Prime Day event. Some of the best-selling categories in the U.S. this Prime Day were consumer electronics, household essentials, and home. Some of the best-selling items in the U.S. this Prime Day were premium beauty products, of course, include including Laneige and New Face, Apple Watch Series 7, Crest Teeth Whitening, and Oral-B Electronic Toothbrushes, Kids and Baby Clothing from Simple Joys by Carter's, Bentgo Kids Lunchboxes, Levi's Apparel and Accessories, Shark Vacuums, <laughs> Air purifiers and steam mops, um, Beats by Dre headphones and earbuds, Coleman, Marmont, and ex official outdoor gear and apparel and construction toys, including Lego sets, Magna tiles, and Playmobil. Playmobil. Customers in the U.S. use Prime Day to celebrate summer purchasing more than. 1.2 million pairs of sunglasses and more than 1 million swimsuits. Since Prime Day um, shopping began on July 12th, Select Fire TV, Echo, and Blink devices were some of the best-selling items on Amazon in the U.S. Because obviously small businesses, um, during the three weeks leading up to Prime Day, customers shopped from small businesses, including in the small, excuse me, Support small businesses to win big sweet states across the across all fifty U.S. states. With those in Delaware, New York, and Wyoming seeing the biggest sales per capita. Um, Amazon Live, um, Prime Day streams had more than one hundred million views. Thousands of creators streamed throughout Prime Day twenty twenty two. Of course, Amazon's 2021 Prime Day event kicked off at off at midnight on June 21st and ran through June 22nd. The two-day event it featured deals in the U.S., the U.K., the United Arab um, Emirates, Turkey, Spain, Singapore, Saudi Arabia, Portugal, and the Net and the Netherlands, Mexico, Luxembourg, Japan, Italy. 
Germany, France, China, Brazil, Belgium, Austria, and Australia. The shopping the shopping extravaganza delivered Prime members over two million deals across every category, along with the best in entertainment benefits and never before seen exclusives exclusives across Prime Video, Amazon Music, and Prime Gaming. Prime Day 2021 was the biggest two-day period ever for Amazon's third-party sellers, nearly all of which are small and medium-sized businesses, growing even more than Amazon's retail business. Prime members in 20 countries shopped more this this Prime Day than any previous Prime Day and scored deep discounts across home, fashion, beauty, and electronics. Members purchased more than 250 million items worldwide and saved more than any Prime Day um, before. Of course, Prime Day, um, the highlights. um, This happened last... I didn't know this happened last year, man, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um... So, 2021 Prime Day highlights, of course, the two week leading up to Prime Day 2021 were a boon for small businesses, sellers with the Amazon funded spend $10, um, $10, $10 promotion. Customers spent over $1.9 billion on more than 70 million small business products during the promotional period, more than a 100% year over year um, in increase on sales compared to the prime day october 2020 promotion fire stick um, 4k and alexa voice remote was the most popular item purchased during the prime day with customers purchasing more than five tv 4k streaming media players on prime day this year than any previous prime day of course best-selling categories Worldwide for Prime Day 2021 included tools, beauty, nutrition, baby care, electronics, including Amazon devices, apparel, and household products. Top selling products worldwide for Prime Day 2021 included iRobot Roomba. Um, yeah, Roomba 692 Robot Vacuum, um, Keurig, Kaslin Coffee Maker. Apple cider vinegar gummy vitamins by um, Goldie Nutrition and Crest 3D White Professional Effects White Strips. Prime members were, excuse me, worldwide saved while gearing up for back to school purchasing more than 600,000 backpacks, 1 million laptops, 1 million headphones, 240,000 notebooks, 40,000 calculators, and 220,000 Crayola products. 10 of millions of customers view Prime Day product demonstrations and try on hauls had no excuse me heard directly from creators and more during Amazon live streams throughout um, Prime Day. Prime music promotions drove more signups for Amazon Music Unlimited globally than on any other Prime Day. This year's Prime Day show was a three-part immersive musical event featuring Billy Eilish, her, and Kid Cudi. Artists perform in their own episodes as a part of a series available on Prime Video. Um, okay. All right. 
All right. Um, let's see. What else can we talk about here? Um, if I'm not forgetting anything, let me make sure. Um, let me make sure I don't forget anything. Oh, there's one more thing we got to talk about here. There's one more thing we need to talk about here, actually. Um, yes. Yes, um, there's this TV show. Actually, it's a cartoon. Um, it's a cartoon that used to be on Cartoon Network. And um, according to Variety, HBO Max and, Cap and Cartoon Network announced a 2D animated adaptation of Ianu, Child of Wonder, a Dark Horse Comics unique studios graphic novel series heavily influenced by the Yoruba uh, Yoruba people of Nigeria. The project will be financed and overseen by Black-owned animation studio Lion Forge Animation. I Ianu Child of Wonder is a superhero tale set in the magical kingdom of Yorubalan, um, which draws from Nigerian culture music and mythology the series follows Ianu, a teenage orphan who spends her days studying yoruba history and ancient arts but yearns for a normal life one day responding to danger she unknowingly triggers her divine powers the likes of which have not been seen since the age of wonders with um nearly discovered superpowers Ianu joins forces with um other teenagers as they embark on a remarkable journey to um discover the truth about the evil lurking in her homeland throughout her adventure she'll uncover the truth about her past her parents and her ultimate destiny to save the world the series is created by Royer Akupe, who will also write and direct multiple episodes. Lion Forge head of production Saxton Moore serves as supervising director. The writer's room is led by Brandon Easton. Executive producers include Akupe, Dung um, Schwabe, Carl Reed, Lion Forge's um, David Stewart II, and Matt Heath. Um, Impact X Capitals, um, Erica Dupoulos, and four front media groups, Ryan Hyderian, Hyderian, excuse me. The green light of Ianu Child of Wonder is notable as it continues signaling the emergence of Africa as a player in global streaming. Much of this growth begins in the kids and family spaces. For example, Lapita Iyango became an equity partner of Nairobi, Kenya-based production company Kukua in 2021 and stars in its YouTube originals anime series Super Sema. African titles made for older audiences are also beginning to cross over, such as Netflix's South African drama Blood and Water, which debuted in 2020 and made Netflix's top 10 list in the U.S. Netflix 
also recently released Blood Sisters, the streamer's first original series from Nigeria. Iyanu, Child of Wonder, um, has it all. Vast world building, authentic characters, a strong African female hero at the center, and a first-class team of stellar creators and producers, said Amy Friedman, head of kids and family programming at Warner Brothers. While created for kids, the series will resonate with anyone looking for an adventure filled with surprise, magic, lore, and legend. We feel so lucky to be um, the home of Iyanu and partnering with this team. The authenticity of the Iyanu story means everything to us and aligns perfectly with our mission to create and deliver inclusive content to global audiences, says Stuart founder of Lion Forge. A powerful means of accomplishing and sustaining this is through franchise building and the depth and layers of the Iyanu world allow us to explore and create a beautiful universe on screen alongside tremendous partners. When I see, hold on, excuse me, when I said out to create Iyanu for a global audience, I wanted to develop a world that combined everything I love about the fantasy genre with the majesty, with the majesty and awe that is ancient West Africa, said Royer Akupe. On top of that, working with Godwin um, Akpen, who illustrated the books as our art director and collaborating with a Thoughtful studio like Lion Forge, Lion Forge Animation that prioritizes authenticity and diversity is beyond belief. All right, so let's make some noise for um, Iyanu, Child of Wonder, that's on HBO Max. And let's make some noise for um, the... Uh, Invest Fest 2022 that happened, it just went down recently. Um, yeah, let's make some noise for, for these two. All right, hold on a second here, man. I didn't see this. Um, yeah, shout out to my man, Broken Traditions, man. What's up with you, homie? And Eli on the beats, man. What up, cuz? How you feeling, man? How you feeling? Thank you for watching, man. Um, all right. I do have an announcement about an upcoming event that's going down August 11th. So let me just start there, man. For all you New Yorkers out there that's looking for um something fun to do, actually, usually I do it on Wednesdays, but because it's on the because but because it's on Thursday, I figured I'd start with that first though. So let's start with that. Um all right, so let's start with that one right there. Um, let me see. Um, all right, so so um so Uncle Ralph McDaniels, the host of Video Music Box, is going to be at an event. Um, it is called Spread Love Hip Hop Jam. And and he is he is partnered with DJ Scratch, who's also hosting by two. So um 
This was created by Capital One City Park Summer Stage Hip Hop Appreciation Day, which, by the way, hip hop turns 49 this Thursday coming up. All right. <laughs> so this includes special ed, brand newbie and black sheep, Smith and Wesson, Girl Code, Sweet Tea, Cool Herc, Grandfather Hip Hop and Cindy Campbell. It's a special tribute to hip hop's fallen soldiers, and it takes and it's and it starts Thursday, August the 11th. Doors are open at 6 p.m. Showtime 7 to 10 p.m. It's a free event, if I'm not mistaken. Let me take a, let me just take a look to see. Let me take a look to see. So I don't um so I don't really um so I don't um. Yes, this is a free concert. Yes, this is a free concert. So basically, it takes place at Coney Island Amphitheater. And the location is 3052 West 21st Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11224. And of course, this is in honor of the Universal Hip Hop Museum, Hip Hop 50. Which, by the way, it turns 50 next year. It's turning to 49 this year. So, you know, and um, video music box as well. So, so you, I suggest in, in case you decide to go there, um, if you are planning to drive or take the train, um, I, would, I would look up a way on how to get there by using your GPS whether you're using your gps to drive or whether you're using your gps to take the train and stuff so so you can you can do that so so i bet you it's going to be more fun so i'm actually going to um i'm actually going to actually um do another announcement um and this is involving i was going to mention this in episode 179 but my miles i might as well go ahead and just do it anyway man um might as well go ahead and do it anyway man so Charlemagne the gods um black effect podcast network is having an event that's taking place on august 28th which is a sunday sunday august 28th all right so this is what's going on here, man. And um, all right. So the Black Effect um is going to take place by um what is it? What is it? Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I get the right information. Let me make sure I get the live information and stuff, so I don't have to um, you know, mislead anybody. So actually, let's. Actually, let's take a look at the website so I don't mislead anybody. Um, okay, okay, hold on a minute. All right, um, let's see. Okay, so so um let me see let me see let me see let me see of course so this is the black effect podcast festival tickets um this is basically 
It's going to take place in the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Mirage at Avant Gardner, Sunday, August 28th at 2 p.m. The tickets is it's like um $75. And of course, um you gotta be 21 and up. You need valid forms of ID. Um join us on Sunday, August 28th in Brooklyn, New York for a one-day live podcast festival. Some of the Black Effect Podcast Network's top shows will be bringing um the conversations you love. And the lineup includes the 85 the 85 South Show, All the Smoke, Horrible Decisions, Reasonably Shady, Big Facts, Black Tech, Green Money, Checking In with Michelle Williams, The Trap Nerds, and We Talk Back. Whether it's comedy, sports, finance, informative sessions for aspiring podcasters, we got you covered. This will be the place to celebrate, uplift, and amplify Black voices. Of course, you know, um, there are some links. Let me see. There are some links, of course, subject to change. Of course, you can visit um, the Black Effect. You can visit the website, www.blackeffect.com slash podfest. That's www.blackeffect.com slash podfest. Um, so I would actually hurry Hurry, I know you got plenty of time to do that, but I would get a head start on on the website. So just go to that website right there, um, www.blackeffect.com slash podfest, all right? General admission and um, VIP are standing room only. A limited number of tables are available to make a reservation. Please email reservations at avant-gardner.com. That's reservations at avant-gardner.com if you're visiting brooklyn for the big event here's a buffet of accommodation options for a comfy stay and they and there's the link right there um events at avant gardener may contain flashing lights and strobe effects that affect photosensitive individuals all events at brooklyn mirage are rain or shine of course Please check our current COVID-19 health and safety vaccine policy here. Of course, you can go to um, the website for more information, which is www.avant-gardener.com slash COVID-19 safety. Of course, this is this is a 21 and up event. All right. And as I said, and as I said before, if you in case you didn't know. Um, these are the shows that are going to be there. The 85 South Show with Carlos Miller, DC Young Fly, and Chico Bean. Earn Your Leisure, who just had a podfest. Horrible Decisions, Reasonably Shady, Big Facts with Big Banks and DJ Scream. Black Tech Green Money, checking in with Michelle Williams. The Trap Nerds Podcast, we talk back. And... And um, unfortunately, Little Duvall had to had to had to actually pull out because of um, you know a, a health related injury or something like that. So it's going to be hosted by Just Hilarious. All right. So there you go, right there, man. Um, 
All right. I think it's going to do it for this episode 174 right here, man. Um, just wanted to make sure I get those two locations out the way, out the way, um, which is um, the Podfest that's taking place in the Mirage in, in Brooklyn and the uh, and the other event that I just mentioned just now, which is the the Spread Love Hip Hop Jam, um, which is for Hip Hop Appreciation Day. Which is hip hop's birthday, so in case you didn't hear it, you can you're more than welcome to listen to it after this recording, um, and I'm pretty sure everybody will be appreciated of me trying to actually inform some fun stuff to do, so you don't miss a damn fucking beat. All right, so um, without further ado, um, I think that's gonna do it for this episode right here. So listen, man, if you if you plan on going to the uh plan to go to the podfest, I suggest you follow the um Charlemagne and the guys on um, Black Effect on Instagram. You can follow that on Instagram as well for more information, for more um for more details about tickets that I just mentioned, all the other good stuff. Um you can follow Black Effect on on Instagram as well. So there you go right there. Um now I'm gonna go to our last segment of night. Um hang on a minute. Hang on one minute. Don't know why it's acting funny right now. Um yes yeah, sorry hold on Um, all right, sorry about that. I think my my um my browser is like acting up or some strange shit that's going on right now. And just give me a I don't know what's going on here. Um oh man. Hold on. I don't know what's going on here, man. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened here. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened here. Oh, sorry about that, folks. That was some shit. Um, I like to go to our last segment of the of the night of this episode that I like to call "Stream Choices on the Go." Let's do this. And you can you can you can follow the show off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram, alongside with um, my other shows, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, um, Sports Edition Show, and you can also follow my other show, um, Meticulous Vibrant Podcast, the Review Show, 
And you can also follow me on the gram, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Uh, make sure you turn on your notifications for more details of when each episode is going to be dropping and all the other, other good stuff. Make sure you follow Black Effect on Instagram as well as um, Video Music Box by Uncle Ralph McDaniels. That's also on there as well for um, the events that I just mentioned to you. Make sure you follow the Black Effect um podcast network on instagram and video music box um both alamein god and um uncle Ralph mcdaniels all right follow those two pages all right so you don't miss a beat so there you go right there folks and um speaking of which um you're more than welcome to leave a voice message on on anchor.fm for any questions that you have for me in terms of in terms of topic ideas in terms of questions for me in terms of how you feel about today's episode or any previous episodes whatsoever um you're more than welcome to do that and also by the way i as i mentioned earlier i did leave a question on on um I did leave a question on Anchor slash Spotify in regards to congestion pricing. So if you have a chance, go ahead and respond to the question that I just posted in on Anchor and Spotify. So make sure you make sure you um, share your thoughts on there as well. So um as you go to the link in bio where it says Linktree slash G Money Stacks 555 on there. Um, you're going to see a whole list of audio streaming platforms that's already included um, on there, um, starting with Anchor. Um, yes, we are on Anchor, Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, um, Moon FM Podcast, Play FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay. Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and you, and also you can leave a five star rating on on Podchaser, Podfriend, and Spotify as well, and also. You can listen to Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And be sure you follow my other two shows as well. Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, Sports Edition Show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast Review Show as well. That's on Inc. That's on iHeartRadio as well. And of course, last but not least, the YouTube. Make sure you grab that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555, where you see all the New York podcast episodes already uploaded and posted to the YouTube channel page. Click that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes on the air via live stream and times of the recording of the live stream. And and leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and topics that was discussed. And, of course, 
please make sure you download these episodes share the videos share the episodes make sure you stream listen spread the word um make sure you um stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes and the previous latest episodes that's already been dropped on every streaming platform that i just mentioned just now of course tell a friend to another friend and of course spread the word and share the podcast with your your husbands your wives your boyfriends your girlfriends your friends and the people that you're cool with with the uh with at work and supporting your career so um i do apologize for my um for my um my my internet that was freezing up as far as like the browser and stuff so um i didn't mean it i didn't mean for it to freeze up like that so i do apologize for that one right there um also um as i always say at the end of the show the grind does not stop hardware pays off new york wasn't built in a day you just got to trust the process in terms of uh, whatever craft you are interested in whether it's radio personality whether it's podcasting like i'm doing right now whether it's um whatever career field you are trying to get into um you know do it to make yourself happy mentally physically and spiritually and and may i add of course it's important to be confident and finding and finding your voice and your craft as far as like being behind the microphone and in front of a webcam of course like i'm doing right now alongside with the instagram live feed on the side of myself right now and and also you know find something that clicks to you um even if it's not even if it's not relatable to the people um it doesn't matter the only person you have to please is yourself so of course it's important to be consistent it's also um important to be confident behind the microphone and being able to stay in your zone of course getting your zone with the consistency and creativity of creating content of your podcast episodes on a weekly basis whether you're doing it on a bi-weekly basis based on work or whatever it doesn't matter um don't let anybody stop you man um because at the end of the day at the end of the day even though your fucking pants is not going to really more morally support you on your career choices or whatever it doesn't matter so what you want to do is you know do what makes you smile what makes you happy you know what i'm saying it's very important that you are confident in what you love to do of course like i said find your voice um be confident in your voice how you sound 
and all the other good stuff right right there and of course and of course get in your zone on your p's and q's your p's and q's is important as well and of course not only stay in your lane but be on your p's and q's and being in your zone you gotta find something that gets you into your zone creatively speaking that's what matters here folks and that's gonna do it for me i'm g money stacks thank you for listening to episode 174 um despite the the technical difficulty with my um, internet and browser that just that just paused on the youtube live stream don't worry about that um and yeah man i'm out of here Thank you very much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me. And shout out to the people that that came into the live stream, Eli on the Beats, and along with a few others that I just mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm out of here, man. Peace and one love. Stay tuned for more new topics, new episodes, and of course, stick around for episode 175 next time. And I will give you a whole list of fun things to do uh, for the weekend. And this one right here was just a head starter right here. So, so take care of yourself. Be safe. And, of course, peace and one love. And, and good night, folks. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content 
upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.